When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to Walk-In's Welcome with me, Bridget Fettesee, on Podcast One, where everyone is welcome. This is Walk-In's Welcome with Bridget Fettesee. I'm Bridget Fettesee, and you are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You know the drill. Please subscribe, rate, comment, share, reach out, tell your friends, send smoke signals, whatever. We love your feedback and we want to hear from you. Hey guys, Michael Malice here. Be sure to check out my weekly podcast, You're Welcome with Michael Malice, now on Podcast One. You might know me from my terrible Twitter, my horrible books, or the nonsense I spout on podcasts like Rogan and Glenn Beck. It's all there. Are you black-pilled or white-pilled for the future of the UK? What is a man? <laughs> what is a man? What is a no? What I, is the, I, are you white pilled or black pilled? No seriousness, girl. No, 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 I love the Jesse Lee piece of question. <laughs> the fact that you discovered that gives me hope for some of the things that I've still got well, that are missing. Well, if you need James G. Blaine's autograph, you are welcome to it. Of course, being the co-author of How to Have Impossible Conversations makes you the perfect guest for this train wreck of a show. Uh, I, <laughs> new episodes are available every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and wherever you get your podcasts. You are welcome. This week on the podcast, I am very excited to welcome Drew Lynch. Drew initially captured the hearts of America in 2015 with his golden buzzer performance on season 10 of America's Got Talent, where he finished in second place. Since then, Drew appeared in a recurring role in the final season of IFC's hit series, Marin, has amassed a following of millions on social media and YouTube, and has been touring the country nonstop. Drew's a hilarious comedian, an absolute sweetheart, and this podcast was a joy. I hope you get to know Drew and love him as I do. I'm with Drew Lynch, everybody. Welcome to Walk-Ins. Welcome. Hi, everybody. We, we had a world of like uh, t- technical difficulties before this, and I, I think I think they're still ongoing. So, you know, we're we're the little we're the little train that could for this one. Yeah, it's a, it's always hard when you're on the road too. you know, it's not like you're traveling with your entire recording studio because you have a whole YouTube set up. Yeah, everything, everything, everything I ever needed is, is not with me today. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do have I do have a little setup at home, but sometimes you have to like film like auditions on the road mm-hmm. in you know 
the hotel is like trying to find like a blank wall, like a wall that doesn't have stains on it. And that's like wide enough that you can, that you can fit the slate, but not too narrow that, you know, that it's catching like a lamp in the audition and there's, and there's house cleaners and stuff like that. So, and that's, that's what I, that's why I'm blaming is uh, not why I'm not able to book as much. It's on, it's, it's completely everything else. Not, not me whatsoever or my ability. <laughs> it's not my ability at all. So are you trying to get, you know, crack into the acting from comedy? Is that was that your was that your dream as a kid? I mean, especially when you word it as cracking into the to the acting industry, <laughs> you know. You know, I'm trying to get into the early eighties acting scene. It feels you that know, way. You know, uh uh no, but now it's just I just remembering like books that you could get at like Barnes and Noble. It was like cracking into the the scene you know like how to how to have a cutting cold read and stuff and shit <laughs> like that no well see here's the thing like i came from acting man does that sound pretentious i came from acting that's i, I would love to not say that i guess wanted, so. yeah i always wanted to be an actor growing up so i went to i went to performing arts middle schools and high schools and all that and all that so i moved out to la when i was super young to start doing like stuff for like uh, Disney and Nickelodeon and, and all that, you know, those, uh, those caliber shows. So, but then I had an injury when I was 20 and it rendered me, uh, and my motor skills completely useless. So no one would hire me as an actor. So I, uh, started doing stand up cause that's kind of like, you know, just full control of everything, uh, mm-hmm. creatively. So what was the injury? Uh, softball injury, <laughs> man, you know, I was playing shortstop and I got hit in the throat and I fell and hit my head and I had a, I had a concussion that I went to sleep on and I had to go to the hospital the next day. And like my parents flew out, my, you know, my roommates were freaking out. Like it was a whole thing. And that was 10 years ago. So it's been, it's been like a long journey for, for me. That's why sometimes I take like, uh, pauses or breaks to like, you know, reset myself to, get my speech right because you know it's been it's just been years of speech therapy physical therapy uh regular the therapy therapy all the ones so yeah you you talk a lot about this in your new special concussed Mm. on youtube is that your first special yeah i mean i filmed one before but stuff happened on the stuff happened like paperwork wise uh so it never got it never got it never saw the light of day which i think was a blessing i'm much i'm much uh, I'm much more proud of the uh, the one that we just did. So, yes, that's my first one. Yeah, it's great. The audience was just what an amazing audience. They were just loving you. <laughs> I know. I didn't get. I didn't get it either. I get it. Uh, it's it's a great special. I like that. It's I like that you take a lot of the stuff that you've been through. You know, this whole podcast really was born out of the idea of what we do in response to life challenge life's challenges. Yeah, just to kind of push back against a lot of this idea that all of us are victims and the like pervasive victimhood narrative that seems to be everywhere and grievance factories. Yep. So yeah. I wanted to hear people's stories. <laughs> oh, man, I hope that's trademarked. That's that's excellent. I just wanted uh, to hear people's stories of how they overcame whatever it might be in their life. But I didn't really realize until I started watching your special that you really are a living example of of exactly this. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you. I don't I don't know. I'm not going to I mean, I'm not I mean, I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not super familiar with the 
the trajectory of a comedy career that came from it that way. You know, comedy's like, you know, comedy's like almost anti like inspiration, you know, it, and it, 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 it kind of like, I don't know, like I, you know, I, I started doing, I started doing, uh, a, America's got talent. That was like the first thing that I did. And, you know, they're very good at providing like a story and putting a, putting like a through line to the, to certain performers. And while that was such a thing that was like necessary. And I think that that was a big part of maybe why a lot of people had uh, uh, connected to when I was on the show, you know, making that hard left into some more adult subject matters or things that are not so uh, family friendly in, in like in the, like in the special, you know, you have to really work at, you know, work against uh, a, a lot of the uh, target assumptions on that. Right. Because you're kind of, it's funny that you started in like Nickelodeon and Disney and then you still yeah. didn't escape that velocity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm trying to make it as, as full circle as I can. <laughs> so when you first had this, your injury, is there that feeling of like, do you just do what you have to do or do you just, or was there a feeling of just like hopelessness at all at any point? It was definitely hopelessness for the first part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't really, I don't really recall how long it took before I was, was, was already thinking about what I, what I could do to not get stuck. I think that regardless of the career I am in, I think my superpower is like, you know, is my drive. It's, it's my tenacity. And I don't know that that really is a talent, but I know that it's something that if it comes to a goal, regardless of it being, you know, a quantitative or a qualitative goal, however you would measure that, it's always something that I'm trying to reset for myself. And at that particular time, you know, kind of like what you just said, you can be sad for a little bit. I mean, Mm -hmm. and you can feel like you're a victim of your circumstances, but at the end of the day, it's how you respond that is uh, the test of your character. So, so that was, so, uh, you know, it w- it was a few months after that, that I was, I was writing and uh, trying to talk about uh, what had happened. I had gotten so much encouragement from, you know, other comics because I was working at a comedy club, not at all to do comedy, just, it was like a perfect night job. So I could have like my days free to audition and go on shoots and all that stuff. So, I got a lot of encouragement from from comics because, you know, I feel like I guess that's where a lot of comedy is coming from for a lot of these guys is, you know, their, you know, pain and, you know, suffering and all the all the all the meta words. Um, right. So, yeah. So that was kind of and 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 in another way, you know, my speech taught me like have like word economy like subconsciously it was teaching me that you can trim the fat from something that's not necessary every single word has to have a purpose for why you're saying it when you're trying to keep as much attention from the audience as possible in as few as words as possible so Mm -hmm. in one way you know it kind of teaches you to write and make sure that you're cutting down the stuff that you don't need yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't I didn't even consider that word. It's like anything that you take for granted. The ability to just ramble is something we take for granted. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, but in one way, that's what people love about podcasts too. People are yeah. like, I want to hear how somebody can I want, I want, I want, I want to hear someone fail a few times before they get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also something that people hate about podcasts. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You're at work and you're pissed off. You're like, what do you do it? Say it. What do you say? Get to the point. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think in, in comedy, particularly where every word matters and word economy is some, something that you train and you should pay attention to and Mm -hmm. delivery. I mean, there's something about your delivery that because of the speech pattern that Mm -hmm. makes it extra hilarious. Mm. And it's just whether that's something that you practice or whether it's just, you know, the like your own personal affect that came, it makes you stand out and makes your comedy pop in a way that not everybody's does. And it seems like I always laugh. There's this woman and she sent me this. (laughs) It was like a documentary about this girl, Amazing Grace. And she was like 19. She had the like world at her. It was like her, maybe even younger, like 17. It was like her, her birthday. And she literally had got sick and started not being able to feel her limbs. And she has this crazy, I can't even remember what the disease is, but it's like modern polio and it struck her. And then she was, she's a quadriplegic basically. And she was a musician and a dancer and all these things. And she has turned it into this inspiring story and she's somebody who's like beyond inspirational and just keeps going and I was with my cousin I'm like that would not be me I know (laughs) I would just be like give me the heroin I feel sorry for myself like I know that wouldn't be me I I'm so impressed with anyone who can take those maybe I've overcome hardship but I feel like that level of hardship um, no, I mean, I would, I would get super sick in order to do heroin for sure. It, I've heard it. I've heard great things. I've heard nothing but great things, but yeah, you're absolutely, no, you're absolutely right. Like I, it, I don't know, I, but honestly, I think you could, I actually think you could, I think it's just, you, you, you know, the human spirit is so like unbreakable. I know that that sounds like that, that sounds corny the first, you know, 15 minutes into a podcast, but I, I actually mean it. Like it's, it's something that, Time and time again, I feel like we're able to rise to the occasion on things. I mean, I think even last year was 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 a, was a perfect example of that. You know, mm-hmm. we there was like a time where briefly we were everyone was like super scared, and everyone was like, "What are we doing?" And you know, what's going on? Like, what is this the end? You know, is is this real? And there was like a time where artists for a while were just going live for like a few hours, you know, and just like mm-hmm. whatever it was that they were doing. Like, I I remember I was in my I was in my apartment and I went live and I had like a I had like a, a, a I had like a, a banana and I and I was just I was just I was just like interacting with people. Oh, sorry. I was holding it as a microphone. You can't just say that you had a banana. That, that, that would be weird. I was, it's regardless. I was doing, I was interacting with people and I think that that was helpful. And then I was listening, I was tuning into like, like certain music artists and stuff. And, you know, that's still different than modern polio, but I'm saying that the human spirit is conditioned to rise to the occasion for certain things. So I think you could do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess you don't know until you're there. I think you could get super sick is what I'm saying. (laughs) I think you could get super sick and then probably. And be inspiring. (laughs) I just was thinking about the pandemic the other day and how 
Like I didn't ever realize there were so many tambourines in Italy until <laughs> like they were all on the balcony with their tambourines. And I was like, yeah. I think we need to talk about yeah. how many Can tambourines. Yeah, can we get like another instrument, one that's got like notes and you would see it on a on a sheet of music? So much, but the music was out there and it was so, yeah, there were those moments of resilience. And then I was talking to my husband the other night. I'm like, has there been a study about like why everyone started cooking bread? That was like another weird thing. Weird. That was weird. Dude. I need a study. I want to know. I need something. Evolutionary evolutionary biologist, someone, someone give me, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, think, think about how, I mean, think about how, like, I mean, we're settlers, right? We're settlers and we're farmers. Like that's like the first thing, like the first I did job. It, though. I you, cooked, you I, I got, I was like obsessed with learning how to cook bread. And it was like out of nowhere. It was before the Instagram phenomenon. It was just like, Oh, I'm stuck here. I should learn how to cook bread. It's something I've always wanted to do. And now I have like wow. all this endless time. But then every you I went to go get it and you couldn't get freaking yeast anywhere or flour. There that was so like the first shortage. Interesting. But yeah, yeah it I is mean, something primal. Like you said, we're set we're we're settlers and farmers. And I don't know. It's a weird thing though. It was like ever something was triggered and everyone's like DNA. And they were like, we must need bread. Yeah, I I'm upset at myself for not coming out of this uh, like a more rounded person. I'm the I am the same. I am the same person. Like I didn't I didn't come out with a new thing. Like I don't like like watercolor. I don't do I don't do anything <laughs> now. I don't do fucking I don't do anything now. I'm so mad at myself. There was a but year where I could have done something. I could have changed who I, I could have been a better person. I could have done anything. But didn't you, didn't you have a YouTube channel up and running already? Yeah. I mean, yeah, actually that was one of the things that was like, so fr not frustrating, but it was just so funny where, you know, everyone, everyone was starting to get on like line online and like someone's mom on TikTok went viral a few times. And now that lady does that. And it was like, I was doing like social media, hitting it running before the pandemic. So during the pandemic was actually a time where I took a lot of time off from it so I could try to like rejuvenate. I was, I mean, I was, I was gassed at the end of 2019. Mm, because your YouTube channel was just blown up. I mean, it was YouTube. It was, it was Instagram. It was Facebook, like generating content for all this stuff and making, making each one of those platforms different for oh, a reason me. for why someone's following you. So that, 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 that translates to the more content that needs to get generated that on top of touring. And we were gone, like do you turn 40 days of the year in 2019. So wow. it was, it was nuts, dude. We were, we were doing shows and then adding shows. And then I do meet and greets after all the shows too. So, you know, rather than doing, if we did three shows in a, in a day, which we often did on that, that Saturday at, at show weekends, you know, we would do meet and greets afterwards. And so instead of doing three hours, sometimes that feels like six. Yeah. So you're just like, I was not aware at that time that I was hitting a threshold. And then I was, I was going well past my, uh, what was healthy. Um, yeah. so in that way, 2020 was a year where, where people like got to maybe find new things that they wanted to do. And for me, it was all about conserving. I had to really, really try to recharge. 
That's good, though. I mean, I think when you were talking about just all the content creation, it's something I've been talking a lot about. We had already had our show going and then the podcast going. So it was nice to have those things up and running. But now I'm I seriously want to start a mommy blog called Feeding the Algorithm and the Baby. Because, oh, that's great. <laughs> because I'm the product like you. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do this? I don't know how to do yeah. this. And I know there's lots of other women out there who are content creators and it's like not a weird thing at all to be trying to figure out how to, I mean, we always joke like we must feed the algorithm because it is this thing that demands a constant Mm -hmm. cost and to the point that we have t-shirts that say it from our, our stupid YouTube show. And I imagine it like this little gremlin, but then once you get that machine going, it is something that you have to constantly... And if you're the engine, like in your instance, you are the brand. It's I can see how pe- I, I never understood how YouTube creators that I would follow would have like breakdowns. I'd be like, why, why are all these girls having breakdowns? Yeah. yeah. And then you start doing it. You're like, holy shit, this is so much work and it's never yeah. ending. And if you and you see the direct correlation and monetization between feeding it and when you don't feed it, you also yeah. see the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You get penalized, you know, you get, you get, you get, you get the algorithm, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so you have to find this healthy balance of, you know, I'm living my life and also I am not, I'm not even present in it because I'm constantly thinking about what's the next thing I should be doing or have to do. And that's, that's, that's unlike anything. I mean, I miss, I miss social media is such a, such a gift of a thing, but, but it kind of robs you of things that would used to be fulfilling. You like, there Mm. used to just be, there used to be things that were fulfilling in, in, in its simplicity. And, you know, when you, like when you used to go to the dinner table and you would just be with your family and that was it. And now it's like, there's a rule, like, you know, no phones, or if it is like, even if, even a phone being there and like being face down on the table, you're just like, I, I should probably check my email or I should probably, you know, and, and when you're someone who's creating content, it's, it's, it's double that because it's not even like you're checking it for work. It's, it's exactly what you're saying where you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm the product. So everything, everything falls on me to generate whatever it is. And I feel like you have to be self-assured enough, but you also have to have the stamina to do it. And I, I don't even know if I'm, 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 you know, self-assured enough to, to not have these times where I, um, I'm, I'm questioning like what it is that I'm doing or, or how it is that I'm going about it. So when it comes to what it is you are doing and the thing that, that a lot of people are following you for, or that's what they love, you know, you also have to make sure that you love it and that your relationship with it is, is healthy because yeah. if you start, if you start to resent something that you were, that it was the reason that you got into it in the first place, like, and that's, a, I mean, that's a problem. You have to change your, your relationship to it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's also the weird thing that I was I was talking to another creator earlier and he was talking about how some of the content that he puts kind of behind one of these subscribe paywalls is different because the content that he puts out on YouTube is what's expected of him. And yeah. so then you have on top of this, you know, machine that's kind of demanding you're constantly f- feeding it audience capture where now it's like <laughs> if you deviate in the same way that you're trying to deviate from the way that maybe America's Got Talent branded you to make a nice story 
that people could be like, hooray, you brand yourself. And then that's the brand that you're boxed into. And if you deviate from that, you'll get pushback from your audience often. Yeah. And that's something that that was something that was that was difficult for me. When I got done with AGT, there were a lot of opportunities then that I didn't have. And also not that I ever disagreed with the way that AGT had packaged me or my story. Like there's nothing about that that was untrue or dishonest or anything like that. It's just, you know, there was a little, there's a component of uh, stories on that, that, that are also on that, on a talent show. It's not just the talent. So that became something that kind of, you know, crept into my insecurity was like, oh, was it just the story or was the talent, was there talent that was also able to be the foundation for it, you know? And after the show ended, you know, I think whatever, we had, I think we had like maybe 80,000 subscribers on YouTube or something. Wow. And so since then, you know, we've got, we have a few million now. And that is because that feeling of like, like the show, after the show ended, that was just it. There was, there was like, I never talked to anybody again. It wasn't like, you know, I mean, that was it. It was just like, all right, goodbye. You know, thank you. And, and enjoy whatever you, you do next. Best of luck. And so looking at, what we had, uh, it was just kind of making that executive decision to just try and continue with that. And over the years, yes, there've been people who have come to see me during, you know, live shows and the shows themselves, they're not by any means like vulgar or crass. I don't do anything that's, I don't, I don't know. I don't do anything that I think is like advertently offensive. Uh, It's just, it's just not as family friendly. And when you are, when you are seen as someone who's, you know, family friendly, and that's the, that's the first introduction, you do get a lot of turnover in your audience of people being like, all right, I, I like, I love it no matter what. Or people are like, ah, oh, I prefer, you know, I prefer seeing, digesting his comedy this way. And that's just part of it. They're the pushback of like, even in my own community, there are so many comics that I loved and admired. And I don't think the feelings were mutual because I think that they maybe saw me as someone who, you know, was just an inspirational story at that time and that I was uh, probably just temporary. <laughs> mm, interesting. The audience that saw you on AGT was like, this is, I thought this was my cruise ship comic. This isn't yeah. the man that that I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. Wait, watching yeah, their not, pearls. <laughs> yeah, why is he not not talking about his dog and his facial hair anymore? Yeah, I'd like to take a quick break so we can talk about our sponsor. We here at Walkins Welcome love the Jordan Harbinger Show. It's a podcast you really should be listening to if you like ours. There's a wide variety of guests. There's something for everyone. Just in the past week alone, there was Andy Norman who spoke about the search for a better way to think. This episode is fantastic. Andy directs the Humanism Initiative at Carnegie Mellon University. He talks about how, like our bodies, our minds and cultures have immune systems and they can break down under certain conditions, and how the root cause of contemporary divisiveness is a compromise of these mental and cultural immune systems. This is a really important topic right now, maybe the most important. And then... To change things up, he had Sammy the Bull Gravano. He's the host of Our Thing podcast, former second-in-command of the Gambino organized crime family, who played a major role in prosecuting Teflon Don John Gotti and the subject of Peter Moss's underboss, Sammy the Bull Gravano's story of life in the mafia. 
We really enjoy this show, and we think you will as well. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show, that's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The holidays are upon us, and my secret weapon for navigating the holiday season with ease and comfort is Beta Brand, the most amazing pants, dress pant yoga pants, They are classy looking. Their material is incredible. You can travel with them. They're stretchy. So for me in my second trimester, it's been a godsend. I can wear these pants. They look amazing. I can dress them up, but they stretch. I can wear them on planes, trains, automobiles. They don't get wrinkled. You can pack them easily. I just can't say enough about Beta Brand. I love them. I have four or five different pair. They all look great. You can get skinny jeans. You can get boot cuts, everything you possibly need. Right now, our listeners can get 30% off their beta brand orders when you go to betabrand.com slash Bridget. That's B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D.com slash Bridget for 30% off your order for a limited time. And when you use our special URL, you're supporting our show too. Find out why women are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants. Go to betabrand.com slash Bridget for 30% off. That's a weird thing too about modern times and being an artist. And I was actually talking to Ida Rodriguez about this as well. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. I love Ida. I know. I love her too. This weird culture we live in of like not allowing people to grow and change, you know, holding people to a tweet from 10 years ago, holding people to their bit when most of, I mean, I, I think when you create a lot of content in the way that you do and I do, I just put it out and move. I'm like a shark. I'm just like moving forward constantly Mm -hmm. and someone will bring something up from years ago. And I'm like, I don't even remember what I wrote. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't remember what I said. I can't possibly. Yeah. But that's the, I'm see, that's amazing. And that's amazing. I, that's something I, I inspire to to be more like. It's just to have that have that that short term relationship with whatever you do. But I I'm not that way at all. I I I'm constantly thinking about okay, how is this being said? How is that? Am I am I am I making sure that I'm you know being sen- you know sensitive to the way this is perceived and you know and that's that's kind of like the thief of art and expression. So you know uh. I. I it's 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 tough, man. It's so tough. I, I honestly am as much as I've been battered and bruised by Twitter. I am grateful that it's basically given me the like, I don't give a fuck antibody. Yeah. Like even this week, yeah. there was something on dumpster fire and we were kind of going back and forth. Like, do we take it out? And a lot of it for me is just like my gut instinct. We put the unedited up behind behind the paywall, but I was like, oh, I don't know. It's going to be taken out of context. And I was like, everything's going to be fucking taken out of context. Like if they ever come for me, there's going to be a a mashup video of every stupid thing that I've ever said. And it's not, it won't matter. Like there, there will not be a safe place for me to hide. And what are they going to take yeah. away from me? Like, yeah, 
my own boss at this point. So, and I don't know, maybe too, it does like I'm 43 today. So perhaps it's, it's something about also just, there is something that happened when I turned 40 where I was like, I, you just stop caring. (laughs) What am I doing? Why were we doing this? Bridget, what are you doing? You interview, (laughs) like it's your birthday. What do you want? Let's, this is what I want to do. This is okay. Well, we should. We're talking about me and the Disney shows I did. Let's talk about what is 43. What is we should have been spending this inter- time interviewing you. I feel like an asshole. No, this I mean, it's funny because I, I've had two conversations, you know, I've done two interviews today and I love talking to people. Like, I, I oh, okay. really do love it. And, and part of it, too, is like, what are you doing while I'm feeding the algorithm? <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. the holidays are coming up and Christmas, yeah. uh, everything needs to be like front loaded. And I'm, I'm having a baby allegedly, you know, it, like all things go continue to go well. Yeah. yeah you are scheduled um, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, that's, that, that's definitely something that is, you know, 40 and it was a shock. I'm 43. I'm like technically a geriatric mom <laughs> or pregnancy or whatever they call it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just trying to figure. I didn't see that one coming. You know, I didn't have yeah. that on my like. Oh, you'll be turning forty three and you'll be pregnant. Bing bingo card. Yeah. What is this? Your is this this is your first kid? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, it is my first. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. April, the end of April. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you got some. You got some time to. Yeah. It out. Yeah. Although it's going fast, it's weird. It's like a, a whole weird thing. It's just all very strange so and i because i'm sober i'm in recovery i think my when i'm like in uncertain anxious i've never really been like a huge birthday person my like dream birthday is going to joshua tree by myself and that's usually how i spend my birthdays and now nice. i'm married so i i wouldn't necessarily do that but i'm not like someone who needs to have a birthday week or month or any of that in general but i also think that working is where i where I like lean into, you know, and it's something I can control. I'm 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 the same way. I I have I have been I was just talking about this the other day. I have I have a very addictive personality, but I've had to tailor it back to something that see, by all appearances is more manageable. Mm. Like or 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 more or even more socially acceptable. Do you know what I'm saying? Like like there was a time where I drank a lot. Like and there was a time where I, I was going out a lot. And it was just it was an addictive thing that I was doing. And people who say like there's well, there's more to life than just that. It's like to people who are who have addictive personalities. There's not. There isn't more <laughs> than than you. I mean, your dumb life might have other things, but my thing, like this month or this year or whatever, is is my life, and it's something mm-hmm. that you know that consumes you. And so, I think the all I think the natural inclination for people who come from you know whatever their addictions are which for me has been alcohol and food in the past, it's now work. And right. that is something that's like socially, like I like I'm addicted to like green tea now. It's the dumbest thing. Like it's the dumbest thing, but it, it has to be, I, I have to ingest copious amounts of something that is okay for me to still appease the addicts that, that, that that's in me, you know? And like, I have a tough time, like, having just one drink or having just <laughs> a, a like a chocolate bar or something like that. So there's, there's like, you know, 
there are more extreme addictions out there, but if the if that if that that lack of moderation still just exists inside you, it can manifest itself in whatever way. Anywhere. It's like whack-a-mole. I have to watch it everywhere and anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. It just pops up. It's crazy. Even like the whole idea, and this is something I think and write and just obsess about, the feeding the algorithm, it's so seductive to somebody with my personality type Mm -hmm. and addictive personality because Mm -hmm. it feeds on people like me it's like another addiction in many ways. And I have to be, I mean, I've had, I'm so much better with Twitter, but man, there were years where it was bad and early sobriety in 2013, when I quit drinking and smoking weed, I basically, um, people are like, how did you get so many followers? I'm like, I was just, (laughs) I just turned to Twitter as my new addiction. I'm not, not something I'm proud of. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's, 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 that's exactly it. Our, 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 our successes are only born from our <laughs> downfalls. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was basically just a replacement addiction that was, yeah. like you said, acceptable. And I think in America in particular, uh, workaholism is extremely acceptable. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. in our space that we're in, it's weird because Sometimes I'm like, this is so dumb. I'm not providing any kind of service. What am I doing? People are curing cancer and saving lives and building rockets. Mm-hmm. But then I'll get mad when someone in YouTube is like, there were too many sponsors this week. It might be time to unsubscribe. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck. Like, fuck you, you had dude. four minutes of ads job. and like freaking an hour of free content. And you're going to, you're going to like give me crap. Like, go, bye. Dude, yeah. Wait, well, you had to sit through a minute. You had to sit through a minute. You had to, you had to push on your phone a few times like this. Then don't think you don't have to listen to it though. That's yeah. still my, that, that's my, but that's my life. Like, we're at a time. We're at a time now where people are upset with commercials. Are you fucking kidding me? We used to, people used to sit in front of the TV, and it, it was like ex, an accepted thing. People were just amazed that they could watch a program that was live or recorded or whatever. <laughs> like, holy shit! What was? What's who? Who's gonna? Who's gonna die on Survivor this week? Who gives it? Like, but and then it was like then there were commercials. But now, you if you at all read something like. Uh, if you have like a transcript that you read on your podcast or something for whatever people will get like it, it, it's the most entitled g- group of people I've ever like I, I can't even I can't even I can't wrap my head around the fact that we're we're at this point I think it's I honestly have been thinking a lot about this and I think it's a class thing because there is this feeling that like ads are for pores you know like <laughs> only poor people need to sit through ads because that's you hilarious like subscribe your way out of anything. Yeah. Unless you're on a network, like this podcast is on a network and we sell ads. So I do ad reads yeah. on it. Or like an you were an independent show, Dumpster Fire, which we don't like really care about anything that we say and therefore no one wants to go near us. So we have like a few very brave sponsors, but we have to yeah. kind of we're we're grateful for those people because they help yeah. us keep the lights on and we're barely it's not like we're making millions of dollars over here. Yeah. And so we it's funny to me, but I also understand it. Like last night, my husband and I, I'm obsessed with that show, Yellowstone. And so is it, my mom. I love it so much. And you you really you really are a mom. You're about to be one. So if you watch Yellowstone, <laughs> you're a mom. Oh, it's Kevin Costner. I'm Ooh. moving to the. He's just so great in that role. God, I love him. 
I, I want to talk to your mom about how much I love him. He really is like such a like these men don't exist anymore. And I really think that's why this show is so popular. <laughs> I also didn't realize you could just kill people with impunity if you're a livestock policeman, which seems like <laughs> the police that we should be looking at. But there's it's just an entertaining show. But we because it's a new season, you you can subs- you can like subscribe I don't know why you can there. It's all a hustle now, like all of these massive networks and they license it to other people. And then you have to subscribe somewhere else. But we had to watch ads. And my husband was like, there was one ad they kept running. And he's like, I will never buy this product just because I had to sit through this ad three times. (laughs) And it's like, he's like, it's actually for like baby products too, which is probably just targeting us because it knows we're expecting which is creepy. Yeah. But I was laughing. I'm like, you're so mad. He's like, I can't believe we have to sit through ads on this. This is such a racket. And I was like, this is how we watched everything growing up. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's it. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know what's changed. That's so, that's so weird. Like I'll, I know that I, I know that the ads on YouTube have also gone up like a lot, like, you know, mm. it used to be, it used to be every third video you watched, there was one ad. Now, if it's a five minute video, you will at least get two ads and then one at the end too, if it's, if it's on a playlist. My so, rage. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. It's just, I think it's an inconvenience, but I look at it when I look at it, I also understand that, that there are people who make money on it too. I don't know who's like, I don't know who, who's ever clicking an ad. That's something that's weird. Uh, I don't know whoever's watching. I don't know. You know, are you clicking ads? I, I have like a really shameful story about how I signed up for this. It was like a rock bottom moment where I signed up for the V shred. The what? Oh no. The v shred guy. My husband's like, you're not allowed to go online when you're feeling insecure because you will sign up for any fucking like health workout or any diet plan. Wait, is that the guy? Is that the guy who starts the video and he's like, no, that's actually burning fat. You're yeah. not burning out that. Yeah. That's great. You know what? Almost do it. I almost do it with that guy because I'm just like, I think. I mean, that guy's. I mean, that dude's like lats are all like it's in like the thing. He does all that. I don't know. I watched the whole ad. It was like a 20 minute ad. I watched the whole thing. (laughs) My and my rage too. Like then I have things that make me enraged, like the ads before trailers. I'm like, this is a fucking ad. Like the trailer itself is an ad, and you're making me watch an ad. For fucking ad. That makes yeah, me dude. that makes me crazy. And I'll I'll sit through it. I'll sit through it. That's, yeah, they've yeah. got you, man. I mean, there's certain there's certain it's funny too, like the unbundling of things. You know, now it's like the Patreons and the Substacks and the frickin' I have subscribers on my locals and I'm like, this is not this. And then we have Jaron, my husband's like, Oh, I'm so glad we cut the cord so we could have like seven different <laughs> Yeah. They just found a way, yeah. They found a way to repackage TV and make it more expensive. That's what they did. <sighs> they're always going to win. I know they're always going to win. They're people. always going to win. That's what I've accepted. It's just why I love Yellowstone. <laughs> 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 Which, by the way, is like the most popular show in America. And is it really? Yeah. And it never gets any awards or anything because I think people consider it like right wing. Yeah. It's- it's like a yeah. weird thing. I my mom my mom told me about this show maybe two years ago. So good. She was just like, 
she was like, she like, we were having like an argument about like, because uh, that's what I was watching Ozar. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, you got to watch Yellowstone. And where is it? Where is, where is Yellowstone? Is it like CW? What is, where is it? It's in Montana. I think it's in Montana. The, no, there no, no, are no, branches no, no, no. in Montana. What no, no, what network? <laughs> like oh, where? it's, um, it's on the Paramount channel. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, it's on like weird. Yeah. That's what that was. That was the thing. Like I was like, she was like, no, I'm not going to watch Ozark. I was like, mom, it's Ozark. It's Jason Bateman. It's on Netflix. And she's like, yeah, it's Yellowstone. It's on Paramount Plus. It's Kevin Costner. And I was like, wow, <laughs> what are you even talking about? Are you hearing yourself? He's so but good. That's, crazy. that's that's just crazy. It's like the second time. It's like the second time from someone uh, uh, other than it's the second time I've heard that it was an amazing show other than from yellowstone like i've seen ads for yellowstone it's like the most epic it's amazing well it's the first season was off the rails and there's definitely stuff where you're like okay my friends in montana are like we didn't realize that this much murder was going on yeah yeah but there's something the writing is incredible like the writing between the characters even even last night's episode there was a scene where she was in a store with this kid, one of the lead characters, and she was yelling at the kid. And then this woman starts filming and she's like, this is child abuse. This is child abuse. And then this crazy unhinged lead character who I love walks up to her and takes her phone and (laughs) stomps it. And she was like, and that is like destruction of personal property. And she was like, I don't want any trouble. And she said this line, no, you're the exactly the kind of person that's always looking for trouble. You just don't want yeah. any resistance. And yes. I was like, oh, the writing, the writing is so, so good. good. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I might watch that show because of that. It's so that's the really writing. Good. There's so many lines between the father and the sons. And like that, there's just the daughter in particular, who's a crazy character. And they all get, I would say like, I actually think they get more fleshed out in like seasons two and three because the first season's a little bit bonkers. And I think it has to be just to grab your attention. And it's a little over the top. You're like, how does this sustain itself? But somehow they've managed to, I don't know. It it really is like Kevin Costner's character too. He like grounds the whole show because he's such like that guy of character, but you've got to do bad things. It's yeah. very confusing. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I mean, you get that. Like you get these kind of shows where they're they can surround themselves with those kind of characters. I mean, I like, you know, there's a big comparison for Breaking Bad to Ozark when those came out and uh or when, when Breaking Bad came out and then when Ozark came out and comparing it and you know, I've 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 heard the same thing with like uh now with Yellowstone. Um, Were you into Breaking Bad? You know what? I rewatched it. This is an unpopular thing. Uh, Ozark like knocks Breaking Bad off the off the fucking chart. Like it's That's funny. It's, I stopped watching Ozark in season two, but I'm not. Yeah. I can't remember why. Oh man, come on, Bridget. Because I binge watched the first season and I was like, "This is amazing," and then I stopped watching. But I did the same thing with Breaking Bad, and in my first trimester, I was so sick, and I just ended up binge watching like all the seasons of Breaking Bad. And then I was like, yeah. okay, I get it. I understand why this show is amazing. It, it's, it is the, it's like the slowest builds ever for me. Like that, that the pace of that show moves so slowly. And I, I, I think that what they're trying to do is like, Oh, like it, that's what's building the tension. And it's like, no, I don't need, I, I don't need to watch 
I don't need to watch Walt uh, fix a coaster and put it under his table. Like, I don't need to see that. <laughs> that was a, that was an actual scene. It was a, I watched it. I watched it and I went back and I rewatched it. It's like a five minute scene where he like he folds a fucking coaster and then he puts it under his table. And it's like, what? Oh, OK, <laughs> OK, what were the were the writers were like? This will this will say something right now. This guy's, this guy's, I mean, he's, this guy's, this guy's just, he's putting out fires, man. He's, you know, he's shutting down meth labs, running from the cops. He's, <laughs> he's, he's fixing the uneven planes of, of, of his kitchen table. This guy's a provider. Uh, I don't know what the message was, but it has me thinking about it to this day. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the point. <laughs> um, You're like, I, I would rather watch a, an ad than that time. Dude. I, I I would have been happy if that was an ad in the middle of the show, and it was like, "Is your table uneven? You should get the the bolster hybrid wooden two by four." I would have I would have been fine with that. I'd like to take a quick break so we can talk about our sponsor, Attitude, Eco Attitude, offers sustainably made bedding, sleepwear, bathware, and accessories, all made from 100% organic bamboo fabric. What's so great about bamboo? You might ask. Bamboo is the most resource-efficient plant on Earth. It uses minimal rainwater, produces little waste, grows organically without chemicals, requires less land, and so much more. It also produces some of the most amazing sheets I've ever slept on in my entire life. I love these sheets. The Clean Bamboo is their best-selling fabric, and it delivers superior comfort and wellness benefits without harming the planet. Their signature sateen sheet set is like sleeping in a dream on a cloud that's dreaming about satin. It is the most magical set of sheets. Right now, you can get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping when you visit attitude.com slash walkin and enter promo code walkin. Remember, that's attitude as in eco attitude. Go to attitude.com slash walkin and enter promo code walkin for 20% off your order plus free shipping. It's that time of year where anxiety and depression can absolutely spike. That's why we're excited to partner with Cerebral. Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. I talk all the time about therapy. Uh, We are huge proponents of taking your mental health seriously and into your own hands. I love Cerebral because it's one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider, and it ships the medication straight to your door. You have unlimited messaging with your care team. You're not waiting. I've had friends try and find a therapist for three months. With the Cerebral mobile app, it's like having your personal care team wherever you are. There are affordable treatments that are one-third the price of traditional therapy. And for listeners of this program, you can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at GetCerebral.com slash welcome. Go to GetCerebral.com slash welcome for 65% off your first month. That's just a total of $30 to get started. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Are you uh, still making your YouTube videos? Yeah, I mean, we still. So right now I'm right now I'm, I'm just in like heavy promotion. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration and Grammarly can help. 
Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. For, for, for the special, which came out, you know, a little while ago, as you, I'm sure as you know, right around the holidays is like a great time to put out content anyway. People are home and they're, they're, they're like sharing stuff. So I think that that's, uh, that's what we're doing, uh, through the, the end of this year. And then we'll end up posting like new clips at the, at the, at the, at the top of, uh, at the top of next year. You say we, do you have a team? Yeah, it's a whole lot of, I've got an editor, I have an, 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 an assistant. And at one point I had, um, and I've got, and I've got like a graphics guy as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a whole, like, to, there's a whole group of people and it's, and it's, it's been, it's rotated. So it's been like, it's fluctuated and been malleable for who does what job sometimes, but yeah, I, I used to have to do all the editing for my own videos and I was happier with it creatively, but I didn't have any time, you know, it's like five hours to, you know, four hours or five hours to work on certain, like certain things that you're trying to, that you're trying to get. Oh, we just finally got started making enough money to get an editor. And it was like my roommate slash one of the people on our show, she was doing like all the editing. It was taking her entire Sunday. And I was, it was, it's like such a nice relief to be like, here you go, pass it off to somebody and get it back and make notes. It's just like a whole new world. It's a benchmark, man. It's a benchmark to be able to just be like, I like, I remember when I got enough money from YouTube to be able to pay the, the, an, an, an editor. It was the first thing I did. I was like, that's, that's the first thing. Yeah. That's pretty much our first thing that we did. Are you on, do you have people like on staff? Do you, do you find the business end of it? I find too, like, uh, as you become kind of a content creator, then this whole other side of it, which is the business side crops up. Do you have business manager? Do you have help or how do you? Yeah, I have a, I have a, I have, I have a business manager. I have a manager, manager. I've got an, I've got an agent. I've got a lawyer. I've got, I've got all, I, I pay everybody. I, you're, ah, I got a whole if team. You need, if you need money, Bridget, you let me know. And I, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> find it somewhere. I don't even have it, but I, I'm paying all these people. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. And the business, yeah, the, I'm, I'm actually very happy with how responsible I feel like I've been with, with, with money. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not someone who's a, a big spender by, by any means. So my business manager has been pretty integral in like getting things on like the investment side and, you know, expanding things in other ways. He's like half your money is in crypto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. He, well, he actually, he actually does believe in crypto quite a bit. I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a business manager yet. Not quite at that level of, or, or maybe I am and, and need one, and I just don't know it yet. But I found that it's it's almost like having two jobs. You know, I have one job which is making all the stuff which I love, and then there's this other job which is 
administrative and, you know, yep. filing for like my corporate status and yep. all these things that at first I would have liked to pass off. But now I, as I've learned more and more about it, just being in the nitty gritty, I it's tedious, but I don't like somebody, somebody said, you always want to know, understand how to read your books so that when you pass them off, if you get to the point where you're passing them off, you can still audit them on your own and know what you're looking at. Yeah. And there's an, there's an immense amount of trust that goes into whoever you pass that on to. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not a, I'm not high maintenance or a diva, but I am so particular. Like there's yeah. a certain thing, there's a certain thing. And I, and every single person who's on my team, I always tell them like, like, this is the way I work. I might not know, I might not know what something is, but I know what it's not. So if you tell me something or if you bring something to me and, and I'm like, that, that's just not it. It's, it's, it, it, I, I'm actually good at like revising that direction and being like, this is what we need to do. And this is, you know, like, it's just that first draft. Like I have to like hear the wrong idea in order to come up with what I, what I know to be the right one. And do you find that too, with like contracts and deals that come your way? Contracts, deals, I mean, especially stuff on the creative side. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really where I think a lot of people who are go from just succeeding to like it, it abundance and like thriving is when you can come, can combine what you're able to do creatively with what you're able to, with, with how effective you're able to be on the business side of things. That's kind of how you can do it. And for me, that's just bringing in people who are more organized or better at, at those kinds of details. It's not necessarily my strength in life is I want to keep all the plates spinning and I'm always having a million ideas. And my partner, Maggie, who's a producer on this and most of all the mm -hmm. stuff we do, we started mm -hmm. out with like wanting to write screenplays. We wrote like three different shows and a screenplay and I was doing stand up and I came out here and I was like, we're going to do, let's do this and be just in the fiction world. And now it's like, we're in this whole other space. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel often like I'm just in a, a giant game of yes. And with, with the yeah. universe <laughs> where I'm like, yes. And now we'll make a satirical like news show. That's like a satire of a parody show. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, but you need to, I mean, create, I mean, like creatively, I feel like you do have to have like that person. And that, if that's you, that's a great thing, you know, to be able to be like, I, I want to, you know, I want to have like this huge idea. And then, you know, sometimes what makes for a good partnership is, you know, someone coming in and, and grounding it a bit, but it, got, it goes back to what we said, it, what we were saying at the beginning, where it's like, you know, you pick, I, at least in my experience, people who I've talked to about this, is you pick like two things, three things that you can be really great at, and you and you and you dominate those things. Mm -hmm. and, and you know that can evolve and that can change. But when you when you put on too much, uh, uh, when you put too much on your plate, like you know, there's some people, there's very few people who, who I think are able to like manage all of that without you know you know getting burnt out or out the without the idea dying um, and falling flat. Mm -hmm. And are you? more focused on your stand-up right now or is it a mixture of what are the two or three things that you're dominating at the moment yeah dominating <laughs> i love how i said i love how i said dominating and then when you rephrase it back to me it's like i, don't, I wouldn't say i'm dominating. <laughs> that's so funny 
That's so funny. Here I am, like, I'm talking like I'm a pioneer. And then when you <laughs> raise it back to me, I'm like, what? No, not me. That's just, that's just, that's just imposter syndrome shit, bro. bro. Like that, I deal with that. That's, that's so tough. I get um, it. I'm not good at like advocating for myself, but, but I'll say, yeah, for right now, it's the priority for me is writing a new hour. Cause we just dumped the other one. So writing a new hour is a, a big thing for me. And then Facebook has, uh, I'm in the Facebook, ha- I'm doing like these, these audio notes for Facebook because like the audio space is like so big now. So that I'm trying to use as a, a vehicle to expound whatever is creative. And then, for a while last year, I was doing I was doing a lot of sketches on like TikTok and like like uh, TikTok. I wanted to hate TikTok for so long, but during the pandemic, the tail end of it is when I started to pick up and do some sketches, and then those kind of took off as well. So I imagine I'll probably end up getting back to doing those. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a lot. It is a lot, but it used to be so much more. You know, that's mm-hmm. what's crazy. It used to be so much more. But when you saturate yourself, the quality of those very few things that you want to be great at will inevitably start to go down. So I think I've made too many compromises for for my body and like overexerting myself that 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 it's really started to show. So mm-hmm. I had to take I had to take last year and this year to uh, to to recoup. How do you deal with your imposter syndrome? I would say uh, ineffectively. Um, I I don't know. I actually don't know. I struggle with I struggle I struggle I struggle with looking people in the eyes because I I I just don't I just I'm afraid I'm going to be found out as someone who doesn't doesn't deserve the things that I have or that I won't be able to come up with whatever the next thing is like I the the pressure that I feel I put on myself sometimes is is so hard to I, I want to protect people from knowing that about me so that's also why I have a tough time like um even connecting with people, even though that that might be why someone's talking to me in the first place. So I'm trying to stay stay brave for them, but also stay stay confident enough that it looks like I know what what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. So it's it's a struggle, man. But I have I I I have had that for I've had that for even before, like I did stand up or anything. Yeah. That's just who I am, I guess. I had like such a eye-opening conversation with I was in New York recently and got together with an old friend from high school who was just like had I don't know it's like it's like his innate personality he's just kind of floats through life has an optimistic view is absolutely brilliant wasn't really affected by much hardship you know so he also seems to be just like have a horseshoe stuck up his ass or something where I think even well into college like he hadn't even lost a grandparent yet like there was and had you know loving parents who had their issues and I think were separated but supported him on both it just was like he had just this magical disposition went on to get married, have these brilliant, like he has little kids. One of them I think is like super gifted, like gifted, gifted. And he's just killing it in finance, you know, just has this life that's, and is so radiant and optimistic and balanced. And, and just as one of those, just, and we were sitting down talking and I was talking about imposter syndrome and he looked at me and he's like, what's that? I was like, 
<laughs> of course you don't know what this is. Of course. Like that explains everything to me. <laughs> Literally had no clue what it even was. I had to explain to him what imp- it was such a moment for me where I was like, wow, maybe the secret to fucking imposter syndrome is not knowing what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fight this guy, dude. I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't even tell you what that like. Of course, what it does is. that I mean, feel like? Yeah, it's the it's the extension. It's the extension pack to ignorance is bliss, basically. I mean, if you don't know, you know, I guess if you don't know what it is or you've never had to <laughs> doubt yourself, like, I guess I mean, fuck you. But, you know, he's just so confident. And but it's not like he's cocky in any way. Yeah. It's just like yeah. a, a kind of humble, like gratitude, always kind of grateful. And it's yeah. it's wild to me. It is like he, he's like another being. I love that. That's the way it's, that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, that's, you meet people like that. That's the way it's supposed to be. But that was truly a moment for me. Like, uh, (laughs) it was like, I know how I'm going to get rid of my imposter syndrome. I'm going to act like someone who doesn't know it fucking exists. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. (laughs) It's just so wild. Like, I just think of how, I moved every year and a half and I was such an insecure kid, even though I was a really good student and all these things. But I think of just like how insecure and then into my teen years, how kind of pathetic and sad and desperate for like being liked in popularity I was and then getting into drugs and alcohol to try and hide all of that and becoming like the most amazing party girl ever then landing in rehab. And I think about that whole trajectory and how really uh, the root of it was like, and then there was like family stuff too. But I think about just how worthless that I came out of the end of it all feeling. And that's something that I still at 43 years old today fight against. So so I was gonna I was gonna ask you this in the interest of I mean it's your birthday what a what a what a cool thing and and if I, in the interest of like reflection what is something that your younger self could tell like you know that you you could hear from your younger self that would have better served you know your forty three year old self you know that's a question that always comes up but I'm just I'm so curious you know mm, wait what do you mean like like what's What's something that what's, it's it's the, it's the classic question of what is it that you wish you could know now that you didn't then about yourself? You mm-hmm. know, like what and, and for that matter, are you did you have plans for yourself, I guess, when career wise where you were like, oh, this is where I wanted to be going. And then you were, I guess you were able to adapt or you were malleable enough to get to where you are and for that matter are you happy with where you are and because of that you know because of those changes it's interesting that this brings it full circle to what you said that you come from acting because i too come from acting that was why i moved out here when i was 19 right after rehab and wanted to be an actress and i think about how i had none of the support or any of the like people around me necessary to make sure that i didn't end up in porn or something like that and mm-hmm. I ended up leaving because I think I saw pretty quickly I was in the valley. I was doing a lot of drugs again. And I, I, I've always like my only real saving grace is that I feel like I'm, I'm very good at walking right up to the edge, but like 
there's some self-preservation that allows me to pull myself back. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like being the oldest of so many kids in a, in like a very dysfunctional upbringing where I didn't have, like, I always kind of had to keep myself a little bit in check. I'm not sure. Like I hear people who just like go off the rails and they're like speedballing and crashing cars and like their parents are constantly spending money on them and sending them rehabs and say, I'm like that. <laughs> My parents were been like, good luck. <laughs> like, yeah. Have fun in jail. Good luck to you. First, first offender. Um, yeah. And so I think that none of it turned out at all the way I would have guessed, even, even getting sober. When I went, when I first got sober, I thought people who married other people in recovery were such losers and I'm married to a guy in recovery, you know, like yeah. that wasn't that long ago. That was, I, I think of anything. I just am constantly reminded how I don't know anything. Yeah. Just none of it. I, I, and my mantra really forever has been just keep going. And I wish that, I think I had like Maggie and I joke constantly about how delusional we are and were. We're less delusional now because we've had our asses handed to us. Mm -hmm. We have this one story we tell about when we were starting, we were living together. It was like 2008. The, The financial crisis kicked my ass because I was a private yoga instructor. So I was like the first thing to go in L.A., And we had like no money. I was about to go bankrupt, get divorced from my first husband. I was on the, I just, my life was a disaster. And we went to Costco and we spent, I had like $700 left on my credit card. And I was like, let's get dry erase. We need office supplies to start Phetasy, which is now still in existence, miraculously up again. And we filled up two carts and we got there and they're like, we don't take these this credit card because it's Costco and they only take like American express or something. And we had to abandon these two. I mean, they were filled with like all these, I'm like, what the fuck were we thinking? Like I had no money. I don't know what we were thinking. Why we were, we still laugh hysterically about just how delusional we were. Like if we get $600 worth of office supplies, we're going to get this business started and it's, we're going to be freaking millionaires, obviously in like a couple of years. And I think, I think like the, the company I still have that I started in 2005 shouldn't exist. It went bankrupt already once and I should have given up on it many times over. I should have given up on it. Then I should have given up on it 10 years ago. I should have given up on it five years ago. And it's, it became my, my last name as a, as like my stage name. And so it's taken on this whole thing. And I think that yeah, I think if I was going to tell myself anything, it would be just keep going and and remember you don't and like be comfortable with not knowing. You know, I just don't know anything. I have no idea. Even here as I sit here pregnant, which I never would have expected. They told me I was in menopause in June and I found out I was pregnant in freaking <laughs> August. Wow. So that's like, I don't know. I just don't. That's the... That's the whole. And I mean, I have a scan in two days and it, I, who knows? Like, I hope that she's chilling down there, but I don't know. But most of all has been the determination to just that. I don't know. That creative vision has like carried me through everything and comedy, really being able to laugh at it all 
I'm like you. I'm not necessarily like some brilliant genius. I'm just tenacious. I just like won't give up. Yeah. Stupidly. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what I would tell. Him. I mean, I don't think I thought that I would live past 21. So it's such a strange question because wow. I don't think I thought I'd live to see. You know, I thought I'd be in like that cool club of like 27 year olds who died. <laughs> At the height of their genius. And yeah. I was just like married to a Russian and fucking wasted at 27. Yeah. You couldn't go out then. <laughs> no one. <laughs> Would have been sad. Wouldn't have yeah. been on a poster with Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just funny. I think that's another thing I've really had to laugh at is I could do an entire hour long stand up routine just about like my delusions. Yeah. Facing, facing them over and over again. Yeah, I think you, I, I have a tough time. But I have a tough time sometimes letting it go to its full length before I ground it. Before I ground it, I'm so quick to shoot something down. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm very much like brake pedal. You know, like I know people who are just gas all the time, and I'm just, I, I'm just like, let's just slow down. Let's get to the details. Um, let's figure out how this can go wrong. Let me poke holes in all of this before we even uh, start to explore it. Yeah, so. that's I think that's when I mean delusions, it's more just whatever ideas of myself I had. I think that's what I mean about it. I would tell myself, like, you don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, that might be terrifying. <laughs> but yeah. I still don't know that I know. I do this joke about how I got sober and then got thrown into the middle of the culture wars when I started writing for Playboy and like being very online. And I was like a kid from the 90s that was writing like that in a time that had moved past well past the 90s. Yeah. And if the culture shifted pretty far left from my perspective with the younger kids and yeah. the millennials and Gen Z had moved much farther left than I, I was as like a feminist. And I was like an old, old older guard. Yeah. And so they tell you when you get sober that you won't even know who you are. They're like, you're not going to even recognize yourself. And I was like, I'm a conservative now. (laughs) What the fuck? It's just one of those things. I'm not conservative, but it was like this weird. And now it's I'm a little more comfortable because now I feel like everyone in the world is going through this as they all lose their minds. But this is like my happy place. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I feel bad that people are having, uh, you know, to doubt everything and question every institution and like not know who to believe. But I was like, welcome. I have a lot of this is an area where I have a lot of expertise. Yeah. So you thrive, you thrive in the chaos then. Yeah, that's I feel like um, I was ironically well prepared for it, you know, by my upbringing. I, I do thrive in it. I don't think that's a, a great quality to have. I think it's just survival mechanism. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, I, I disagree. I think it's a great thing. I mean, I have a, I have a friend who's like that too. She had a horrible upbringing and she is, uh, she's just ever, uh, ever so calm and nothing, nothing, nothing can really deter her from the expectation because she just doesn't have any. So is she also a prepper though? A what? A prepper. She's like, is she is she readying herself for the apocalypse? No, she's not. Okay, she's not, she's not that. That's she's probably different from you in that way. 
because that's the way you are? I, I have a really strong instinct to be ready for as many eventualities as I can. I would say there's always like a plan B, even in the way that I've diversified my business. It's that same instinct of like, I don't want to put all my eggs in YouTube because that's terrifying. I don't want to put all my eggs in Patreon because that's terrifying. I want like as many diverse revenue streams as I possibly can, because in this climate, who knows if you say one wrong thing and then your, your like income is, you know, being held hostage. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's a, that's just a great approach then. I mean, that's, you know, especially if you're applying that to like, you know, business, there's some level of, you know, stoicism to that. That's all that stoicism is, is just seeing the worst outcome that could come at all times and being okay with it. And <laughs> I only laugh because I just started listening to all these stoicism books and I'm like, this isn't a philosophy. This is like how I think, you yeah, know, some people yeah. hear stoicism and they're like, this is just where they're like, oh, do the negative visualizations. Yeah. <laughs> like That's like every one of my meditations. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And it's like, you know, and you go to like a life coach and they, they're all about, you know, visualizing the, the optimism of something. So you're just like, I don't know who's right. You know, I really never know how to feel. <laughs> that's the way I feel is like, uh, is that I don't ever know how I feel. If there's mm-hmm. something I could confidently tell you, it's that I... I also don't know. So I'm glad that that was, you know, I guess your advice or your piece there, because I'm also just like, you know, figuring it out. And I come from, you know, I come from my, like my dad, my brother, they're very much the same. They, they, they think that they can think their way into knowing an outcome. And Mm. sometimes, sometimes that works, you know, but like referring to my friend who I was just talking about, she doesn't think about anything. She only just goes with her feelings. Mm. And, and I think I'm about 60, 40, I'm six, maybe 65% thought and 35%, you know, I'll go on the way I feel or the, or the gut of something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's, uh, who's to say who's, who's, who's right. I, I feel like the feelers are people who are happier. That's for sure. Even though they can feel more hurt and all of the things that would otherwise be, or have a negative impact they feel those more intensely, but at the same time, they're not analyzing what's happening all the time. So, yeah, you know, who's to say? Well, there, I think there's, it sounds like your friend has, which has been really key for me forever, which is something that Rilke said in Letters to a Young Poet, which is, you know, life is always right, basically. And it's that kind of accepting what is. But I think when you have been through a lot of, a trauma and hardship and you maybe are a feeler it's also like that live and let live you're not necessarily trying to control everything because you realize you can't although i think that as a reaction to having like a crazy upbringing like that you often try and overcompensate and do like my sisters and i are all neat freaks and our therapists are like yeah that's what happens with kids who grow up in environments they can't control they like control it they can. Yeah. So there are weird other reactions to it, but people like it sounds like your dad and brother, they think they like you said, they can there's like an element of of this kind of irrational control that you have just by re with reason. Yeah. And it will fail you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Very they're very unhappy people. <laughs> 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 they're they're too too two of the brightest people I've ever known. And 
then all, all that amounts to nothing. Yeah. Interesting. It sounds like you have a nice balance. I guess so. I mean, I guess I come from three kids and then my, my I come with three kids and then my mom, my, my, my parents also adopted a kid later in life. So I, so, but my sister is more like my mom. My brother's more like my dad. And I would like to think I'm closer to the middle of those. And Are you the youngest? I'm the oldest. Oh, okay. So I would like to think that, 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 um, about half of those. Cause my mom, she's someone who just goes completely off of the way that she feels. I mean, she's 50, and she just became a flight attendant because she just wanted to. She's <laughs> you know. That's awesome. What a like weird a, time to become a flight attendant. Just random, dude. Like she went and got like her like like two years before that, she went and got like her steward uh for like bourbon tasting. So she mm-hmm. went to like get like all the and then and then she three year three years before that, she got like her motorcycles license and did like a bunch of like like the Appalachian and, and, and all, like all kinds of weird shit. I mean, it's definitely a midlife crisis, but like, she's just going through it, you know, off of the way she feels. So she also sounds like a free spirit. And I think free spirits who end up being parents and then have to spend years raising kids. And then they end up being, it might be like a midlife crisis. It might be her being like, I'm free. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. I, I don't, I don't fall, I don't fall her at all. I mean, I mean, she, she growing up, she was such a selfless person for so long yep. that it's honestly been a shock to a lot of people in our family where she's doing the things that she's doing. And it's like, no, it's not that it's not that she's being selfish. It's that, you know, she's doing things that she's never done before. So it looks like it's uncharacteristic, you know? Right. And, and that, that doesn't, that doesn't make it unfair that just that, in fact, that makes it like, you know, I mean, a kid 18 years is it, that's a, that's a huge, huge commitment. And that's I mean, at least, at least, at yeah, least. that's if you're lucky. Yeah. That's yeah. if you're lucky. That's I'm, I'm looking at my sister. She had her first at, at, um, 18. So she has a 20, she's younger than me. She's 37 or no, she's, I guess she's going to be 40. But she has a 21 year old. I'm like, you, you know, and she'll be like, I'm so tired. And she also has a 13. I'm like, dude, you've been doing this shit for 21 years. Yeah. And momhood is like a grind and just a groundhog day grind of dishes and laundry and schools and kids and dishes and laundry and schools and kids and dishes and around and around and around. And it's I have so much respect because when you see it from like the she's looking at all of her siblings and we're all like have younger families and she's like, I feel like a grandma must feel <laughs> like, yeah. looking, like looking at, you know, her kids with their kids because she's like, oh, God, it's such a long road. It's yeah. like such a, it's I have so much respect for parents. It's such a long road and it doesn't end when they're 18. It might maybe they leave, but you're never going to stop worrying about them. Yeah. You're never going to stop like they're they're it's- always going to need you. It's like, it's like chores, like for 18 years, every day. I couldn't <laughs> every day. It's like, it's like a sad, it's like a Saturday chores every day though. I couldn't, I could not. I, that's how I know I'm not ready. And, and they um, need you when you don't yeah. want to be, it doesn't stop. It doesn't yeah. matter how you feel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame any mom for just like when their kids are gone and they have the empty nest for doing like what like doing getting on a Harley and driving through freaking Appalachians. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'd be doing. 
<laughs> what um, well, I re- I really love your mom already. I feel like I feel like she and I have a kindred spirit aspect, <laughs> yeah. not just Yellowstone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I ask the same two questions at the end of every podcast. What's your biggest defect of character? Oh shit! I would say, oh man, I would say to to be right. It's a flaw of mine. I, 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 I just, I have to be right. I have to be exact. And it sometimes just doesn't, it's not warranted, you know? So it, there's strengths to it, I guess, but for the most part, it, it's, it's just ego. Mm-hmm. You know, there, you know, your ego can, ego comes out in, in many ways. For mine, it's, I have to, I have to be right. What's that great expression? They always say it in the program. You can either, and they say it about marriages, you can either be right or you can be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Cause even when you are right, it's, you know, that happiness is not really sustained for the, for me and for whatever reason, the men in my family, it maybe sustains us just a bit longer, but I'm not sure why. Mm. What's your biggest asset? Uh, oh man, I was going to say my drive. I really was. But I, I don't know. I think it's I. I would like to say that it's the ability to try to be transparent, or and it's not even an ability. It's actually just it's not getting in your way, you know. So when someone is saying something and they they want they want an honest answer, you know, I know for a fact that when I'm asking someone something, that's what I want. So to give that same courtesy, I guess it's not even a courtesy. It's just. I did it when I was that way when I was on TV. I'm the same way that I'm on TV as I am when I'm not. I'm the same person. I'm honest. Mm-hmm. So when that's important to me, and uh, I think that that uh, that's a lot of you know, I, there's a lot of times where I'm just fucking around and I'm saying something silly, and you know, and that can be what's honest for that time. And then there's another times where uh, I'm really struggling, and I'm and I don't and I don't try to. Uh, I don't try to cover that fact. So, yeah, I, I guess it's a combination of those two things. Just strength, you know, honesty, just being honest or just being transparent and being driven. Mm, I love that. Where can we find you? All of your things. Uh, Well, you know, I mean, my handles for all the stuff are the same everywhere. So it's it's the Drew Lynch. I don't post on Twitter at all. So don't even. Smart. Yeah, if you want to go, you can go follow me there. But there's, <laughs> you can go follow 2012 Drew on Twitter if you want. <laughs> uh, and then I'm, I'm on, you know, my specials on 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 YouTube and you know Facebook is the Drew Lynch. It's all the same. So great. Well, I hope everyone checks out your special. It's hilarious. I love it. Thanks. And thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. This was so much fun and happy birthday. Thank you. I'd like to take a quick break so we can talk about our sponsor. Your body is an amazing organic machine. It turns food into energy, heals wounds, supports your consciousness, and so much more. But it needs the right fuel and signals to function at its best. We all know what it feels like to just feel blah. Some of these signals include adaptogens. These are compounds that balance hormones and help you deal with stress in a healthier way. If you're feeling that blah, tired, these compounds give you a boost of energy. If you're stressed, they help you return to a natural state of calm. They literally help you adapt to the stress of life. 
If you're looking for an easy way to support your amazing body, I highly recommend trying Organifi. Please go to Organifi.com slash walk-ins and use the code walk-ins at checkout for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash walk-ins for 20% off your entire order. It's time for the weekly check-in with Bridget and Cousin Maggie. All right, we're recording. Oh, boy. Happy Thanksgiving, as this episode is airing on Thanksgiving, to all of the people listening out there. Happy Thanksgiving to one and all. We are grateful for you. We certainly are. And grateful for this podcast. I know, I can't believe it's been three years. Oh my gosh. I've got to talk to so many cool, interesting people, and I never would have guessed that this was something that I did. I know. But then again, I didn't even know podcasts exist. Till about three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I knew before then, but I didn't. Yeah, it seemed always for me, the the thing to overcome is like the technological yeah. hurdles. And still. Uh-huh. Still, we're looking at a bunch of stuff being like, God, we don't know any of this. Even today, we were in a meeting and they were talking about live streams and they're like, oh, should we use the live cast or like the OMB, the OSB? And then if you convert the, I was like, I don't understand anything that anyone's saying. I still feel like a boomer when it comes to technology. I know. Speaking of boomers, is everyone excited to see their families? <laughs> I bet you are. I am. I'm I'm cooking in quotes for Thanksgiving. I what? say cooking because I'm kind of cheating. You're ordering some stuff, right? I'm ordering some and cooking other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's good. But Jaron was very adamant about me not working too hard, mm-hmm. which that's, is fair. That's fair. And that's nice. And so, yeah, we're going to do some stuff that's pre-made, which is kind of blasphemous for me. And I'll jazz it all up, though. It all needs jazzing. Yeah. And then some stuff which I will make. Mm-hmm. And that food is good. We just had a like a preview session <laughs> of the of the food. Bridget it was like a test getting. kitchen, <laughs> <laughs> and it was all delicious. Yes, my aunt had a late birthday, early Thanksgiving meal for all of us, which was lovely. And she she's a good jazzer too. She jazzes things up. She's as well. an amazing cook. So uh-huh. she also they're they're going out of town. So she did just a nice kind of we're missing you guys on thanksgiving Mm -hmm. it was my second thanksgiving meal how privileged am i i will have three thanksgivings this year that's amazing but i have a lot to be grateful for Mm -hmm. so i I feel like the dogs are crazy (laughs) like these dogs for instance i'm very grateful for the joy they bring into my life jasper's hiding from me because i yelled at monsters (laughs) he's like i'm sorry (laughs) under your chair Hope doesn't give two Fs. No, she's like, what do you want? Hope's like, oh, you again? Whatever, I'll do what I want. She will do what she wants. She always has. Mm -hmm. We were walking the dogs earlier, and we saw Hope's nemesis. And Hope has two two nemesis. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, there's Hope's nemesis. And, of course, Hope lunged. And then... Bridget was like, oh, there's her other nemesis. I was like, of course your dog has multiple nemesises, just like you. <laughs> there are just two dogs in the neighborhood that really like... Rub her the wrong way. I don't know why. I wish I did. I wish I knew. 
I get it with the like Weimar. They're not very likable no, dogs. They're really not. Ever since Best in Show, I know that's what ruined <laughs> like them that's for me. Tainted that kind of dog for me. Baby, where are you going, Maggie? I'm going to San Francisco to see my brother and his wife. Oh yeah, did we talk about this last week? I don't know. I can't remember. I feel like we did what was last week <laughs> because I was joking about how you would have to step over drug addicts, but maybe that was just personally and not on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think that was on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do a report of how it looks up there, Maggie. We need some on-the-ground eyes. Yeah. I'm not going to any Nordstrom's or Louis Vuitton's or anything. I know. Well, you won't be going because they're all boarded up and closed. <laughs> They've all been I raided. I love today there was a whole article that was like, oh, the... I don't even know who, like, the authorities or someone was like, please don't use the word looting. They, they said they don't want you to use the word looting when referring to the smash and grabs. I was like, some of the smash and grabs sound so much worse than looting. Or just straight up robberies? How about Yeah, what are you supposed theft? to call them? What, are you, what is it? I don't, I don't know. It feels like we're under attack. I don't get it. Yeah. Like sanity is under attack? Just it feels like the Wild West out here in yeah. California. Yeah, it really does. Like anything goes. You can do whatever you want. Uh-huh, and there really aren't any consequences. No, really, anyone can do whatever they want. Maybe we did talk about Thanksgiving last week, about how we We're talking about families. 40-person dinners. Yeah. Yep. God, I can't even remember last week. That was so long ago. <laughs> we were talking about families and yeah, all the crazies. I hope everybody has a lovely Thanksgiving and doesn't go insane and... Enjoy some time. Yeah, just even reading your post on Twitter today about, you know, the holidays being hard for people and reading people's responses and being having people just be like, I my family. And it just makes me so grateful because I, I really do, like, enjoy spending time with my family. And that, yeah. that's really such a blessing. You're one of the lucky ones. I really am. Yeah, I was thinking about how far I've come in my relationship to the holidays. Mm. It's been one of the biggest relationships I've repaired. That's a lot of that good. has to do with my aunt and uncle here. Yeah. They've pretty much single-handedly repaired Christmas for me. Yeah. And just being stable and having routines. Mm-hmm. because Having traditions. Like I was saying last week, when you're just like flying around and you don't have traditions and routines. And this year, my Christmas is going to be a little bit off, but you've got to make compromises <laughs> when you're in a loving marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing about the holidays that always bothered me is that everywhere in the media reflects this kind of reality that isn't necessarily true. And then mm-hmm. if you've lost anyone in particular, it's really hard. It's just a magnifying glass, especially that first year. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of loss in America in the past year. Yeah. Like a lot. Mm-hmm. And and Christmas is projected. Christmas in particular is projected to be so idyllic and yeah, and Thanksgiving too. I feel like mm-hmm. with everybody gathering around, and now with all the divisions and like it's just gotten so. It was already weird, and it's gotten so much weirder. And families are divided about masks and vaccines, and like mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine if my family was like, "Have you been vaccinated? <laughs> you can't come if you if you haven't been." Mm-hmm. It just seems so wild how crazy, as if things weren't fraught enough in families. 
Now no. there's like all these crazy other divides. Like we don't have enough to argue about. I've heard so many people be like, I'm not welcome because of my back status or whatever. Oh, that's I so know. sad. And then we have that amazing person in our community inviting everyone. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a fantasy fam get together <laughs> in real life for some lucky people. I just usually spent the holidays when I, I mean, part of reclaiming the holidays for me was spending many of them alone mm-hmm. and just being okay with that and getting good with being alone because it was better than being in like a toxic, messed up right. family situation. Right. And learning to just pull myself out of that, which I don't think people th- realize they can do. Right. Your favorite Christmases have been like completely alone where you just cook and journal and they were the best. sit by the fire and do just I read all the Harry time. Potter books. That's right. One year. I did. I, and just like boring stuff. Like I organized all my paperwork. Mm-hmm. I I just loved yeah, I spent a lot of my early sobriety years alone because it was just so hard to be around family and drinking. Right. And I would volunteer. Like, I t- just go overboard volunteering. I went to tons of meetings. I loved volunteering on Thanksgiving. It was so fun. And just year-round, I mean, really. But it, there was something kind of fun about that, that, like, seeing whole families coming out when with turkeys and, like, Mm-hmm. People will cook whole other second turkey turkeys and turkey meals for other people, mm-hmm. which is just so amazing. People are really giving. Yeah. Americans are very giving. Yeah. We give more money, I think, than any other country in the world. Really? I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like I did read that somewhere. Huh. Americans are generous. They really are. I mean, it really is something that I don't think is appreciated enough. Mm-mm. They're very, they're willing to help and they're super open-hearted and mm-hmm. most, most Americans really want to like right. open their hearts and wallets or they used to, right. maybe the culture wars have dinged well, I mean, that a little. But it, that's the thing is if you can get past the divide and like underneath it, usually people are just like people and they're willing to just, you know, be with an open heart, which is, which is nice. I love Thanksgiving so much. I'm excited for it, and I'm excited just for the downtime, which I think we desperately need. Yeah. I can't believe this year is over. I know. 2021 went like a blink. I know. We said it in June, folks. I know. We said the year year is over. over. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. Here we are. That was yesterday. That was two days ago. (laughs) Well, I do hope everybody has a relaxing, peaceful. And I wrote in the newsletter this week, embrace the healing power of gratitude. Mm. Gratitude has just like saved my life and sobriety and getting, changing my mindset. And in tough moments, I just find that turning to gratitude and looking around and thinking about all the things. I know that when you're depressed, it can be like the opposite of helpful and make you feel even worse. Because <laughs> you'll be like, aren't I an ungrateful piece of shit? <laughs> But generally, it can snap me out of a funk pretty quick Mm -hmm. if I start just thinking about how much I have and how grateful and how lucky I am. Yeah. Now I want to give it all back. We are all very lucky. That's it from me. I guess I'll see you guys on the other side. Fat and happy. Eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow, 
we die. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week for another riveting episode that will change your life, help you get out of your own way, and solve all the world's problems. I want to thank our composer, Jared Elias, my co-producer and cousin, Maggie, and all of you out there listening. This has been Walk-In's Welcome with Bridget Fettesy. I'm Bridget Fettesy, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest line. <laughs>